How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back. I'm incredibly excited to have you with me today. Today, we're going to dive into an episode. We're going to talk so much more than just the typical sales strategies. If you've been listening to the show and following along, you know that we are very passionate about sales leadership and leadership principles overall. Today's guest is Chuen Chuen Yo. She's a multi-award winning executive coach based in Singapore, where she's working with clients both in government and private sectors. She serves clients from more than 30 countries over across five continents and has been doing so since 2013. Chuen Chuen has extensive experience working with a wide range of business leaders from various industries, coaching them to develop the agility mindset. This increases their ability to navigate the complexities of today's workplace and lead effectively. In her coaching practice, Chuen Chuen uses her RE4 coaching model to help clients create behaviors which drive towards desired outcomes. Her approach promotes the strong alignment and congruence between values, beliefs, thoughts, feelings, and actions. This allows leaders to generate deep insights, and Chuen Chuen facilitates these translations of these into powerful motivation. She blends the many approaches and techniques which are well-grounded in research seamlessly and brings clients through a tailor-made experience to meet their best needs. Her coaching effectiveness is proven with her long-term relationship with returning clients, referrals, and highly satisfied clients. As one of her clients has said in the past, Chuen Chuen's program is the only leader's program needed to take. Beyond helping her clients in such areas as communication, negotiation, stakeholder engagement, and holding yourself accountable, she enables her clients to emerge with personal and internal beliefs through the agility mindset. Her best-selling book, The Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility, is a collection of short stories of transformation based on her re coaching model. And today, all the way from Singapore, we have Chuen Chuen Yo. Chuen Chuen, welcome to the Catapulting Commission Show. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Fantastic, Twin Twin. I'm so excited to have you here, and I, I love the background. I did some research. I looked up the book. I actually purchased the book and was able to get some of the information downloaded through my Kindle app, so I really appreciate you sharing that link with me ahead of time. Now, can we talk a little bit here, Twin Twin? Your business is based in leadership, and on this show, we discuss sales topics or sales leadership, and sometimes that sales leadership and leadership goes hand in hand. Can you walk me through your background a bit and share with me where you've learned your leadership skills? Not only where you've learned them, but where did you develop the passion to make this your life's work? Sure, sure. I think a lot of people, they might not know I was a computer engineer by training. So I think that equipped me with a lot of logical thinking and things like that. But at the same time, I also learned music for a long time. I think uh, most people might say that I'm quite an accomplished pianist. Uh, because I took, I learned piano for more than 15 years. So I think the result is that both my left and right brains are pretty active as I did one of the, the tests. I, when I did the Harrison's assessment, uh-huh. there was one of the takeaways from the career coach at that time. So, oh, wow, your, both your left and right brains are really active. But I think that really shaped the kind of person that I became. I spent quite a number of years as a school teacher and working with a really diverse group of people. 
stakeholders, be the young ones or my bosses or my boss's boss. So because of the way my brain is, the way my brain works, I was always able to see the connections between ideas that were very different and at the same time in tune with my own emotions, always reflecting on my experiences. And I think that is probably the greatest influence in my whole leadership development or even discovering that I have this passion. I was always sensing what were the moments where I felt most fulfilled, that I felt that even if I'm not paid, I'm willing to do this job. And that for me was uncovering the immense potential in every single person who I was working with back then. Where did I learn leadership principles? I think Dr. John Maxwell was one of the greatest influences. I spent over a year studying his leadership teachings and under the John Maxwell team program. Mm-hmm. So I'm a certified John Maxwell coach. And up to today, it's been so many years and I still remember how it felt to see him in person in Orlando. How, how many years? Seven years back? Wow. And yeah, in fact, every time that pictures floats up in my Facebook feed, I will remember it, some tears, you know, it's like so touching. I'm so, so touched because it was really a a growth that I experienced as an adult until today when I work with corporate clients, his principles are still so relevant. And I tell my clients the, the, the laws of leadership that he came up with so much. I like what you said there, Twin Twin. I'm, I'm a big fan of John Maxwell myself. I've read several of his books and I, I'm very familiar with his curriculum in his program. A couple of things you said here that I, I want to piggyback on. You mentioned that... Uh, in your experience, you've been able to identify and get people to see their full potential, right? And when you identify or you get someone to identify to see their full potential, what does that conversation look like? Because I know that for me, I manage a sales team. And sometimes, you know, I have people who are self-doubting themselves, right? They're going to become their own worst critic. How do you get someone to see their potential? What does that process look like? Mm. The process, I think it is to switch, help them switch the mindset from saying that I can't do this to what if I try this? I think rule of thumb is if you don't try, you never know. How do you know until you put yourself out there and get some feedback and use the feedback to feed forward into your next move? So I think a lot of these conversations when there are a lot of self-limiting beliefs that come in and you can usually tell from the words that they say if they are coming from a place of fixed mindset that they can't accomplish something, people won't like me, they won't buy from me, you know, uh, things like that. All it takes is to ask the right questions and ask them, what if? Well, okay, I understand how you are feeling, how you're seeing it. It seems impossible. I think the immediate part is to validate them first, validate their emotions because it is their reality. So once you validate their emotions, then the next thing is, what if we do X, Y, Z? How would it look like? I like what you're saying there, Twin, about validating the emotions. Because in sales, one of the things we teach and we discuss is trial closing. And typically when we're trial closing or we're handling objections, and they, the two sometimes go hand in hand, if someone's going to give me an objection, the worst thing that a sales professional can do is ignore that objection, make it unvalid, make it the, make the prospect feel like you're the only person in the world that has this objection. I can't believe, right? 
when you isolate somebody like that, then you know they, they believe it. They don't want to do business with you. They clam up. You're saying in that same capacity, when you're in that role of leadership and your job is to extract someone's best potential and they have those fears, I'm going to acknowledge those fears. Right? I'm going to empathize with you, but then we're going to say, what if? Yes. And let's find somewhere to move to the next deal. Now, when you tell those people to move to that next deal about that what if, are you saying, are you giving them a strategy? Are you giving them a goal to go after? Are you, what, what is that? Okay, so you got me there, Twin Twin. I'm ready to move forward. What if? Now, what is it that I'm looking? What is the motivating factor to get me to do the what if portion? What is the motivating factor? I think a lot of this is uh, from Stephen Covey. Begin with the end in mind. I want them to, part of my strategy is to help them construct uh, such a visual and sensory experience in their minds first. What if you could achieve that? What would that look like? What would that feel like, sound like? You know, how would you be different? So when they are totally invested because they are so inspired by their own dream and because they have constructed it so clearly in their minds, they know the full package. They know how would they be different? How would they feel? That becomes the motivating force for them to move forward. If now that is my end goal, how do I now work backwards and break it down into smaller milestones? And then they will naturally know what is the next step they have to take to bring themselves closer to that dream. I like that. You're painting a picture. They're visualizing that picture. They're visualizing the level of success. And by reverse engineering, you give small bite-sized chunks to go after, which I think is a phenomenal tool that I don't think we utilize enough, right? When you get into sales leadership, when you're in a position of leadership or power, there's so much pressure to perform. And so, you know, let's, let's just say, you know, you run a business, you know, that needs to produce $200 million in revenue. It's really easy to get, oh my goodness, I have to produce $200 million in revenue versus I need to do this on a daily basis. I need to do this by 9 a.m. I need to do this by 12 noon, right? So once we simplify it, we reverse engineer it. I like that. Now, in the world of leadership, Chuan Chuan, I'm, I'm reading a quote here. Total Prestige Magazine called you the secret weapon needed for businessmen and women to become the best they can be in the executive world. Kudos to you for that. Now, the executive world is highly competitive. Some would say it's borderline cutthroat. Now, as people make a transition to sales to sales leadership, what are some of the keys for success for sales leaders in this competitive market space? So some ways for what are the key steps for sales leaders to stand out? Amidst competition? Absolutely. All right. I think it's very much linked with, to what I've mentioned before. There is the connecting with the emotions that is very required. And I think this by itself is probably a paradox. You know, all of us rise through the corporate ranks being an individual contributor. We got to develop our subject matter expertise and be specialists in whatever that we are doing. Whichever business line then is not it's the same in sales as well. But whereas as we continue to perform and people acknowledge and recognize us for it, we then start to step into the leadership role. And here's the real paradox. You were very successful as a specialist, but when you become a leader, you have to become a generalist again. You have to it's no longer enough to be good in what you are doing. You got to be good with people. So when you are dealing with all types of people, everyone has emotions. I think human beings are emotional creatures. So 
a lot of my clients, when I work with them, this is probably one of the first understanding that they realize that it's no longer good enough to use hard facts and that I'm right. My expertise tells me that I'm right. But being right is never going to be enough anymore as long as you become a sales leader. You have to validate the emotions first because there's no such thing called the right emotions or the wrong emotions. Every emotion, every feeling is probably is a reality that the person is experiencing. And the best way to lower that is to validate those emotions first. Then you will become a good sales person, a, a good sales leader. So I think connecting with the emotion at the emotional level is key. The second, so that is part of doing a real reality check. Are things working? How are people reacting to you? Uh, is your team performing? Do you draw out the best or the worst in them? You know, do they leave the one-on-one meetings with you and feeling all fired up and motivated? Yeah. You know, those are always signals that are always present, but it takes an observant and a self-aware sales leader to notice those signals and learn and be curious. Oh, why, why, how come I'm getting this kind of response? How is this different from how my customers deal with me, uh, you know, respond to me or how my bosses respond to me? So I think that reality check is quite important. And thereafter, look at what are the bias and, and the assumptions. Uh, many times because we've been doing something so long and we have become an expert in something, we assume that things will run the way as they have always had, you know, say for the past 10, 20 years. But right now, I think leading in any business line, sales um, is the same. It's, it's not going to be predictable. We, we live in a VUCA world. Our, our clients, our stakeholders have changed. We have five or even six generations of people in the workforce all together. So their priorities are going to be different. So am I making assumptions? Am I biased unconsciously? Should I check those? And it takes some form of, you know, elevating your consciousness to a certain level to be able to see those. And that's where I think coaching is uh, very effective because there were many times where I work with sales leaders in my one-on-one coaching engagements. And when I ask some really, really curious question and they, and they stopped and paused and they say, oh, wow, I didn't notice that I, I had that. Especially when they, when they go about almost like ranting uh, because it's a safe space, right? So they will really offload whatever that was top of mind. And when I could see a pattern and I would re- reflect it back to them and they, they, they will stop and pause and check themselves. So knowing what your assumptions and biases are, I think everyone has them. Um, overgeneralizing probably would be a, a huge danger. And I think once these two steps are in place, knowing what's the reality, what is the real reality. It's not virtual, right? it's not virtual reality. It must be the real, unbiased, courageous assessment of what is really happening and the checking the bias and assumptions. Then the sales leader is primed to change the mindset, to shift the mindset so that the performance can be much better. Because now working with teams, it's a totally different ballgame. I couldn't agree more with what you said there, Twins. And there is so much value 
in that last few minutes, right? If you have to pause right now and rewind and rehear what Chuen Chuen said, she dropped so much value and nuggets. And we're going to have this recap in the show notes uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, website, however you're listening to this podcast today or you're watching it on YouTube, then your show notes will be in the video below. However, with that being said, I want to circle back and I just want to recap a few things. What I really like you said, the emotions, um, there's no right or wrong emotions, right? There, it is so enlightening to hear you say that because there is a group of people who are listening to this show right now, and sometimes they feel guilty or oppressed for having a certain set of feelings or emotions that their sales leader brushes off, right? If you think about it, it's like the old boys club, right? Like we do business our way. We've always done business this way. Oh, you're frustrated or your feelings are hurt about this. Ah, suck it up, buttercup. I mean, all of that is no longer applicable. All of that is no longer efficient. And industries that still exist that way are starting to become smaller and smaller, and they're starting to be exposed that they're not providing true leadership. And I also like how you made the transition that once you become a sales leader, right, you become a generalist, you now become someone's influence in their life. And your conversation with the people you lead can be a little bit of everything. And I know from my experiences, I've been very successful in my individual contributor role, selling a product, generating revenue. But when it came to managing a team of 10 people or managing a team of 100 people or managing a team of 150 people, I remember sitting there saying, okay, if I only have five minutes with you, how do I impact you? If I'm going to spend eight hours with you today on a car ride or a field ride or we're going to go travel to a conference together, what conversations am I going to have that's going to have a lasting impact? And that skill right there is one of those things that sales leaders, um, you know, they're not taught. There's no manual. Like you go from a high individual contributor to, hey, do this with your sales team. You start learning it through some of that emotional intelligence is kind of what you described to me there, where you're starting to look at your people as your business, not necessarily uh, generating revenues. Is that a fair recap of what we just shared? Yeah, yeah, I, definitely. And I think one one of the things that popped on my mind as you were speaking was it probably wouldn't matter so much to the team what you know, you know. So telling them is not an effective way. I think that's probably like another major shift for sales leaders to embrace because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care for them. That's from John Maxwell as well. Absolutely. I know we've heard that for years and it can never be truer even to this day. I really believe and I know that I have gone to business meetings, I've gone to board meetings, I've gone to uh, executive quarterly reviews with my vice presidents or my CEOs and I'm and I say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to defend or I'm going to talk a little bit about the personal life that's going on in my employee's life because to me that's relevant. That's important that you understand what conditions this person's experiencing." Here's the numbers. Here's the business. We're always going to get that, right? But having that human emotion, that human connection, and people, when they know that their sales leader goes to bat for them, when they know their sales leader sees them as a human and is going to mention them that way, it develops this huge amount of loyalty Mm -hmm. and respect. And those things are very challenging to earn, easy to lose, challenging to earn, and they're only earned over time. So I really, really like that. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm 
talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. So if we get into this sales leadership, right? Now, if I had to pinpoint one mind shift, right? We talked about, and we're going to piggyback here soon to talk about your book and talk about the ReFor coaching model. But on this last topic of sales leadership, someone becomes a brand new sales leadership. What's the one mind shift that they have to change first? Is it that emotions? Is it who my clients are? What is the one thing that they look at and say, okay, here's, I became a leader. Today, my mind has to shift this direction. What is that? Mm, I think the single most important one is there are multiple pathways to success. Ooh, I like that. Right? So you, you may have one way, which maybe 10 steps that has ensured that you have a closing rate of 85% and above. Right? But it doesn't mean that everyone can follow that 10 steps. I think I should qualify that. You cannot expect people, okay, people cannot follow and should not follow your 10 steps. Okay. Because everyone fundamentally is different. So that, that's also linked back to, well, don't tell people, just do this, just do that. Because then you are not validating their uniqueness. You're not even recognizing their uniqueness. That everyone's wired differently. And what we need to do is to coach them, to ask them questions to help them see their own greatness and then devise their own pathway to success. And as long as the outcomes, the goals are clear, there are really infinite numbers of pathways that they can achieve that outcome and goal within reasonable limits. I mean, if there are ethical limits, of course, let's adhere to those, you know, um, it should be something aligned with the common good. If that is a expectation, I think most business, all businesses must have that. Then there are so many ways to achieve the outcomes. I like that. I like what you said right there, that our approach when we become to sales leadership, we feel that we're more successful because we did it our way. But now we manage a team and everyone has a unique way to get there. And you may lay the correct foundation. And this may be the way that I did it but it doesn't mean it has to be the way that you have to do that. And when sales leaders learn that, it creates a new level of leadership, a new heightened level of leadership that allows you to dive deep with your people. Speaking of leadership, let's talk a little bit about your book here. So your book became an international best-selling book. It's called The Eight Paradoxes of Leadership Agility. What is the premise behind that? How did that book come to life? What was the goal or the idea behind bringing that book to market? Mm. The goal behind the book, of course, to grow my business. That's part of the sales. (laughs) Absolutely. We are all salespeople listening to this show. Yeah, yeah. But for me, it was a difficult process to step into the sales role. Um, A lot of people might not agree that, but deep down, I'm an introvert. So I'm an introverted salesperson. There's this, of course, this dream that I want to serve as many leaders as I want. Um, Dr. John Maxwell also said, I know, I I think this came from somebody else, but he quoted in one of his teachings that there are seven influences of society, you know, and education was one of them. So I was 
in education for so many years, molding young lives, young minds, and you know, inculcating this belief of what good leadership meant. What does it mean to serve others, to place others before you yourself? And then there is businesses as well. So I, I realized that I can create a much larger impact if I work with leaders because. You know, think think of it this way. There is always this trickling down effect. If you work with a good leader, you know what it does to people's well-being. And when you are able to increase sense of well-being, you you will also impact their families, their children, right? Which then collectively it creates this ripple effect across families and then expands into societies, into into nations as well. So there is the drive to want to put out something. You know, I've worked with so many leaders. Can I consolidate all this and crystallize it into something that serves others? Uh, what, what are the common pain points? What are the problems that need solving that will very easily elevate the quality of leadership in any person? Because if I work just one-on-one with people, I'm limited by my time. What if I write a book that lifts everyone together. As long as they grab a copy of the book, they can learn the principles. So that's my primary, that's my one of the objectives. The other objective is the premise behind it, provide a simple solution to the complex problem. I like that. Leadership is complex. No one, I think if you have 10 people in the room, everyone will define leadership in different ways. There are the nuances that will be different. Even if they have the same personal values, they will espouse it very differently. So I wanted a very simple book that captures all these points together, yet at the same time, allow them enough breath to make it their own, to define it for themselves. For example, the reform coaching model, there are just four simple steps. But there is at no point in time a prescribed solution there is a sample solution. It's like what you said just now. This is how I became successful as a sales person. This is my way. You may have other ways, right? Mm-hmm. So it is constructed in that same way as well. It provides a frame enough to provide a structure, but also a lot of flexibility for you to experiment and put in something that's unique to you and make it your own. I like that. So in creating this book, you mentioned that, you know, you want to impact and motivate and inspire leaders, right? I mean, because leaders, right, if we go one-to-one, I mean, there's there's only so much time in the day. But if you go and you you make a difference in the leader, then the leader can then make that difference in the trickle-down effect you referenced earlier. I really think that that resonates well with this audience is we have an audience here of people who are sales entrepreneurs or sales professionals that want to be in leadership or there already are in leadership. And so hearing that is phenomenal. And, and a copy of that book, we will have a copy of that book of the link in the show notes. Again, it's the eight paradoxes of leadership agility. You can get a physical hard copy. You can get a version downloaded on Kindle. Um, you can also, I'll leave a link to Chuan website where you can also get that straight from there. So you mentioned the REFOR coaching model and you talked about like a simple solution. Can I extract like a high level bird's eye view? What exactly is the REFOR coaching model? Like you made it seem very simple. I know we talked just briefly about it, but can I get a little bit more from you on that? Sure, sure. Uh, the first two steps I have mentioned just now earlier, mm-hmm. but let me recap it for you. I didn't make it explicit back then. So there are four steps and why REFOR? Every step starts with a re-doing something. 
So step one is reconstruct the map. And the why why I call the map, there is this saying, the map is not the territory. Okay. The map maker interprets what is in reality and puts it on the map, right? So it is through somebody's lens. So when we reconstruct the map, it is really an unbiased, courageous reality check. If things are not working, let's be honest and accept that it is not working. If things are going well, then let's give ourselves a pat on the shoulder. So I think it works both ways, both in the negative and the positive. So this is important because we it leads to a recognition of truths in the context, which could be very different from how they were initially perceived. There is also this book, you know, don't, don't leave your life in a box. Uh, so get out of the box. Really look at what is really happening. So that's step one, reconstruct the map. The second step is to refresh the lens. We all have different biases and assumptions. So if we uncover and weed out the biases, the prejudices, or overgeneralized rules that are no longer effective. Perhaps they were pretty effective in the past, you know, but because of the target audience, the people who we are working with, or the market changes like now, you know, things may not work anymore. So once we are able to refresh the lens, it changes the way we interpret the world, then we are ready for the third step. The third step is to renew the identity. So this step is, for example, a sales professional who steps into the sales leader role for the first time. They they need to look at, okay, what's what's that identity I have now? Am I the person who is bringing in all the numbers for the organization? Is that my sole responsibility or something else? Many may, at that point in time, realize that their role is to help others find greatness. So then, how do you personify their identity? So using an image or a metaphor, I help them to anchor this shift so that they are able to quickly step into the role. So instead of somebody who is charging forward and telling people just do steps one to ten, how does helping people find the greatness look like? Would it mean that I'm alongside them? I'm beside them? Am I a facilitator? Am I somebody who provides the best conditions and provides them with all the resources that's required so that they can be successful? So they don't have to worry about things that are not within their control. You know, there are probably more control I have in creating that environment for them, the ideal environment so that they can thrive. So that, that will be renew the identity. And the last part is rebuild the capabilities. This is also one of the things, one of the features I wanted to have in my book. I don't want just to have a lot of information, theoretical knowledge, and then no means for you to translate them into action. So rebuild the capabilities talks about, all right, I have the mindset shift. Is there a knowledge gap? Is there a skills gap? What are the new competencies I need to develop and how am I going to get there? So in my coaching, I do that a lot with clients too. Uh, of course, there are, there are because there's a lot of influencing that has to be done for various stakeholders. So one of the key things we use is uh, storytelling frameworks. How, how, which storytelling framework do I like? There's so many out there, right? We can't say this is the only one you must use. No, no, I think everyone has to find their own or even create their own storytelling frameworks and it always works for them. Just like that. 
there are also the strategic thinking frameworks that I use with clients as well so that they can analyze problems much faster and more accurately. So there are skills and capabilities to be rebuilt. Then that will be the last step. I like that. So the re coaching model. So for just so I'm clear here, when someone goes through this coaching model with you, you go through the four steps. You reconstruct the map, refresh the lens, renew the identity, and rebuild the capabilities. Exactly. In your program, as you coach them, you get leaders to go through that program and make a pivotal shift that can help implement a higher level of success. Yes. Yes. Fantastic, Twin Twin. Audience. Catapulting Commission's family. I hope you heard that loud and clear. Reconstruct the map, refresh your lens, renew your identity, and rebuild the capabilities. That four principles right there can make a difference in this upcoming sales week, in this upcoming sales month, in this upcoming sales year. We always discuss on Catapulting Commissions, it is important that we find people we can extract information from to help further facilitate and grow. And the re coaching model by Chuan Chuan Yo is one of those models that you can definitely learn a lot from. So Chuan Chuan, as we wrap this up, I want to want to say thank you for being a guest today. We've learned so much from you. If someone wants to work with you or get to know more about you, how can they find out about you? Sure. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So reaching out via LinkedIn would be one good way. I would also suggest that people go to my website. If coaching is something that they like or customized workshops is what they want, there are clear descriptions. I think the sales copy there is done really well. I, I hope, I hope. I would love to hear the comments and the critique. Please, you know, criticism and constructive feedback is always very welcome. And my website would be www.asense.com. Uh, and I'm sure Anthony will put up the link as well. Absolutely. I'll put up the links both to the website, both to Twin Twin's LinkedIn profile. You'll also find this if you're listening to the audio version of this and you're driving in your car or you're traveling, etc. on iTunes, Stitcher, just click the link. You can get to the website where you can download the show notes. You can also get an opportunity and follow our social media profile, Anthony P. Garcia 99. That's where we'll share a lot of content from this episode. If you're on YouTube and you're watching the video format, all the show notes and all the links will be below in the notes section of YouTube. Chuan Chuan, I am ecstatic and I am very humbled and honored that you were able to spend time with us today. I know that it, the time difference for you and me is completely night and day. So I do appreciate <laughs> you making it available to join the Catapulting Commission show. We wish you nothing but much success. And we look forward to hearing how your business grows and love to bring you back here in a year or two from now and see what has changed from when we first started. Sound fair? Yes, yes. That's great. Hope to stay connected. Absolutely, Chuan Chuan. Thank you so much. Catapulting Commission's family, you heard it here today. Chuan Chuan Yo, the reform model, the eight paradoxes of leadership agility. Get the book, leave your comments, use the hashtag Catapulting Commissions. I'll see you on the next one. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag Catapulting Commissions. 
Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.